0: Don't touch that dial. You're tuned in to the Dread Podcast Network. Welcome to Development Hell. For every horror movie that hits VOD. Countless others end up DOA. Development Hell is the podcast dedicated to unearthing these cursed horror productions. We're gonna find out what went wrong and then decide if these titles still stand a shot at the green light. I am your host Josh Korngut. I am the managing editor of Dread Central. I am also a filmmaker in Toronto, Canada this podcast is a proud member of the dread podcast network hi everyone and welcome back to a brand new episode of development hell i'm sorry i took a whole week off but we're back after two week hiatus and i'm happy to see you I took the week to go to New York City to cover the Tribeca Film Festival. It was very magical and glamorous, and I felt like a Muppet on vacation. And now that we're back, we have a pretty exciting, colorful new topic, which is Brian Fuller's Mockingbird Lane pilot. So this is Brian Fuller's sort of reimagining of The Munsters for NBC in 2012, and it never got picked up for a series, and we're going to talk about why. Today we have a very important returning guest judge. We've got Sheree Bohannon. Sheree, how's it going?
1: It's going great. I'm happy to be back. I'm one of my favorite places to be.
0: (laughs) Wow. Sheree, just in case people don't remember and shame on them, can you reintroduce yourself to the Development Hall audience?
1: Yes, I write for Dread Central so I get to bother Josh often. <laughs> if you've opened a streaming guide these last nine-ish months, you've probably read some of my work. Thank you. I am also the co-host of A Nightmare on Fear Street and one of the co-hosts for Bloody Massacre and one of the many rotating hosts on the altar tapes in case you like a short horror film as opposed to a full feature situation.
0: Wow, that's a lot of podcasts for one person. My condolences. As I said, we're talking about Mockingbird Lane. So that means we're going to be talking about the Munsters. We're going to be talking about Mr. Brian Fuller. And then of course, we're going to be talking about Mockingbird Lane, this series that never made it to air. But spoiler alert, we really liked the pilot. Would you be okay if we started off with just talking a little bit about the Munsters?
1: Yes, please.
0: So my guess my first question to you is before I give a little seminar on the actual facts. In your POV, what is the Monsters?
1: So the Monsters, for me, when I was growing up and watching it on TV late nick at night, back when they did older stuff. Um, it was it was not the Adams family, but it was very <laughs> cute because Herman Monsters laugh. And we also had that like weird cousin who was not a monster, and so they treated her like she was. On the <laughs> Yeah, and so it was this funny family situation about monsters and that's my that's my aesthetic so i live
0: it my like (laughs) interpretation was that it also was just like is this the adams family i guess it's not and i don't know what came first i'm guessing the adams family but i couldn't tell
1: i I knew this like two weeks ago because i put them both on a streaming guide i want to say the adams family started like a week before and then wrapped up like a couple weeks before
0: Okay, so a suit was like, let's do our version of the Addams Family, or is it just like weird timing?
1: I think it was weird timing. Like, somebody probably was like, me and my friend have an idea, and then those friends started fighting. They're like, well, I'm going to do it anyways. Mm -hmm. And then they were like, oh, no, we're both getting canceled. Now what?
0: Oh, my (laughs) God, and they opened up dueling pizza shops, and only one can survive. So if it's okay with you, maybe I'll give like a little bit. Of a brief summary of the monsters.
1: What love that? Thank you.
0: So The Monsters was a sitcom from CBS back in 1964 and it aired until 1966. It was a sitcom depicting the home of a group of friendly monsters. It starred Fred Gwynn as the head of the household, Herman Munster. You had Yvonne DiCarlo as his wife, Lily, who oops is a vampire. There's also Al Lewis as the grandpa. He is a Dracula-type character. There was Beverly Owen, but was actually replaced by Pat Priest, who was like the teenage niece, Marilyn, who was like the odd sort of ugly duckling character, but is conventionally pretty. And then there was a werewolf little boy son by the name of Eddie, played by Butch Patrick. So this Little sitcom was from the creators of Leave It to Beaver, and it had the same kind of aesthetic of, like, a cutesy family living the suburban life, but they're monsters. It had, a, as we were saying, like, a very similar vibe to the Adams family, but to my understanding, actually rated somewhat higher. So it was, like, the more popular of the two, which I could have never guessed.
1: Same. I
0: know especially Um, because the
1: adams family started getting movies sooner and so it just made sense they would be more popular and
0: better movies um i don't i don't think yeah the monsters never really had big budget theatrical films until well soon those adams family movies i don't know about you i am a big fan
1: um i grew up thinking i was wednesday adams
0: i mean i see it for you to be (gasps) are you wednesday and i'm Pugsley, and that's just the truth that's cool i like that for us that's that's gonna be a halloween one of these days um, what are you
1: doing this virtual halloween because i got a black dress
0: oh my god let's do it <laughs> finally i'll i'll come and wait i don't even know where you live minneapolis is not a state it's a city minnesota, minnesota is yes. yes yeah yes. i did it
1: it's so close to the wrong side of Canada that you can just get here. Anyways.
0: Could what? you tell me what province I live in? I
1: thought you were in Toronto.
0: Toronto is a city, my friend.
1: Oh, no. I <laughs> went to school in America. How dare you?
0: You see, I struggled. No, we both struggled, and that's beautiful. I struggled with your state, and no one in the States needs to know about our provinces. It's just not important. But for anyone curious at home, it is Ontario. Okay, back to I used to, to know the... that, damn it. I used no, to know that. It's true. That. Why did I put you on the spot? That was rude.
1: No. So, i'm so sad
0: <laughs> listen i didn't know the difference between minneapolis and minnesota until five minutes ago but i i guessed correct
1: i to be fair it's just cold and sad um
0: <laughs> i mean listen we relate yeah so there were 70 70 episodes of the show produced which seems like a lot considering it only ran from 64 to 66 and it was canceled due to competitive ratings from abc's batman show which is hilarious a quote from Little Butch Patrick who said, I think Batman was to blame for our cancellation. Batman just came along and took our ratings away. That said, the Munsters went into syndication and that's where it achieved like mega success and popularity. There were a bunch of reboots over the years, um, one in the 80s there was a bunch of like tv movies there was what we're going to talk about today mockingbird lane in 2012 and of course there's the upcoming rob zombie directed universal feature film adaptation you kind of answered this question for me already but like do you have like a relationship with the monsters is it just the nick at night sort of phenomenon for you but
1: that's of it because as a kid I loved older sitcoms, especially ones that were a little bit darker. Mm-hmm. And the monsters in the Adams family is what was considered dark for their day. And so True I graduated huh? to them. And I I loved that they lined them up so I could catch one and then run to another channel and catch the other one. <laughs> <laughs> like on oh, you were or so <laughs>
0: spooky. You were a spooky kid,
1: right? I needed extra spooky, and so I <laughs> I was getting double helpings. But like I never saw like an over uh, overall plot or arc. I don't know if they ever had any because I saw them so randomly. Mm-hmm. So I'm loving that they're like on places I can stream them now if I ever get time.
0: I would like get really high and watch all of the monsters one of these days. Um, That's did what you
1: ever, I want to do for the 4th of July. <laughs> let's
0: do it. Did you guys ever get the new Adams Family, like, from the late 90s? No. I think it was Canadian, but there was a show here called The New Addams Family, and it was, like, very bad. Very original. Um, but I liked it. I would have um, watched
1: it. Like, I watched Big Wolf on Campus as a tween. So, okay, like, yeah, I...
0: it's the exact same energy as Big Wolf on Campus. <laughs>
1: It feels like it the way you described it, and I was like, you know what? I would I would have done it. I did Young Hercules, so like whoever. Oh, well,
0: Young Hercules was good. What are you saying? Stop.
1: Ryan Gosling was cute. That's what it was. Because oh like God, if you really yeah. think about it, was it a real show or was he just there in his like muscle shirts?
0: He was a cutie. I've been rewatching Breaker High.
1: I never got to get, see that one.
0: Okay, Breaker High was a show with Ryan Gosling where he attended high school on a cruise ship. And every episode, the high school kids would, like, go to a different country and learn about their cultures. And it was, like, definitely racist, but, like, also educational. <laughs> it was so good. I, I just,
1: there was this moment in, like, the early aughts where it was, like, a charming Canadian racism. And I think mm-hmm. it's because it was a different kind of racism mm-hmm. than the years. And we're like, oh, that's charming. You,
0: you really got it on the nose. <laughs> you, you really got it. Um, I think about mm-hmm. the
1: stuff we used to watch. And I'm just like, is this what you really what you did to Jimmy Degrassi? Is it really what you did? <laughs>
0: it is. Yeah. We were, we're violent. We, we're <laughs> just nice about it. Um, right? can I tell you about my relationship with the monsters, Sure. Yes, please. So I've never seen an episode. I don't know. I don't understand why exactly. I've never it's never really been on syndication around me when I've had TV. Yeah, so I've never seen it. I've seen no. what we're watching today, but I know every possible detail about the original series because I am the managing editor at Dread Central and I have written I don't know how many articles about the upcoming Rob Zombie movie adaptation and so for every article I have to like change it up and like get a different fact from the original series into it so for like it must be a hundred articles that I've written now and for each one I do something different and so Wow, do I know a lot of random crap about the monsters yet have never seen it.
1: I, I included the original show on one of my streaming guides and forgot that that was the first image and so I thought <laughs> my article was you and I was tagged in the wrong article. And yeah. I almost messaged y'all to be like, "Hey, um this isn't mine." Like, "Oh, wait, no, it's a streaming guide."
0: <laughs> mhm. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of uh there's a lot of visual options for the monsters in our wordpress because of uh, me in every article that I've ever had to write so I'm kind of like trapped in this bizarre purgatory of like constantly having to write about the monsters and that is my personal relationship with it to the point where I was doing the research for today's episode and I was like, oh no, the monsters are back. No. But at the same time, I'm not mad at them. It's not their fault. Did um, you think
1: about abandoning them for Wednesday?
0: I mean, I wish that I could. I'm, I'm more of an Adam's Family guy. I am interested I just, in this Wednesday show.
1: I don't even like Tim Burton anymore, but I'm going to watch it
0: tim burton is one of tim burton is almost on the same level as jk rowling when it comes to like disappointing us to our heroes ending up monsters at the end of the day but also having provided me with like so much content that formed me creatively that it's 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 tragic and it's it's kind of greek really at the end of the day right yeah because
1: like Brian Fuller, for those of us who were kids in like mm-hmm. the 90s, and then we got older and we're like, Well, let's also actually go follow Brian Fuller now. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and oh. it was the better choice because, as far as I know, Brian Fuller's out here embarrassing me when it comes to talking about diversity in his work.
0: I don't okay. think so. Brian Fuller seems like a really cool queer guy, he does. Um, and Tim Burton, I think, has. <sighs> Just put his foot in his mouth way too many times when it comes to diversity in race. If you guys don't know what we're talking about, just take a quick Google into what he's had to say about diversity casting in his films. It's pretty shocking. It's always about his dreams, too. He's like, why should I cast people of color when I only make movies about my dreams and I don't dream about anyone that's not white? And I was like, well, that's weird. I was like, like,
1: your dreams are racist too, Timmy. Your Your dreams are are racist too.
0: What What did he say once? He was like, well, yeah, well, there's black exploitation movies and they don't cast white people, so why should my white white movies cast them? And I was like, you're talking I, to the media. Like, you need to listen, stop.
1: Listen.
0: <laughs> he's hell. But he's made some of my, tr- some, truly so many of my favorite. My number one favorite film of all time is Sleepy Hollow.
1: I found it easy to get rid of him because most of his movies have Johnny Depp in them and Johnny Depp has been <laughs> and pile of shit for so long.
0: Oh, <laughs> no. Remember when um, he did
1: the long yeah. range and he played Tonto? Remember that.
0: What was he at? Oh, yeah, that wasn't even that long ago.
1: I refused to watch it, but I saw him in the image. and I'm like, this is where we have to separate, Johnny. I've been hearing stuff, but this is too far. I'm done.
0: <laughs> you were early. You were early to the game. Listen, um,
1: always leave early.
0: <laughs> always party. leave early. Always <laughs> leave early and always arrive late. So yeah, that's our, I think we have some pretty unique relationships with the monsters. Maybe we aren't the number one resources for monster information because we haven't seen the show, but at the same time, you know, we're who we are.
1: We can fix it. It's on TV and Pluto TV. We can get drunk and fix this next weekend.
0: (laughs) Dre, okay, I have a question for you. Yes. So there's this man that created Mockingbird Lane, the project that we're talking about today. <laughs> yeah, is Brian Fuller, and I'm like, who is this man? Because he just uh, he just seems like a cutie.
1: Listen, Brian Fuller is a genius whose hmm. shows are forever being canceled early. Let oh. me let me walk you through the world of Fuller or the Fuller <laughs> universe, if you will, the Fullerverse. Okay. Um, <laughs> So, Brian Fuller, a.k.a. The Man I Call Daddy, don't tell him. Okay. Um, he is the creator of NBC's 2012 Monsters Reboot Mockingbird Lane. Mm-hmm. Yes. But also, he has given us so much as a writer and producer of television. He created Dead Like Me, Wonder Falls, my personal favorite, Pushing Daisy. Mm-hmm. If you've not seen it, go do that now. <laughs> Stop what you're doing, go do it now. Mm-hmm. If you're driving, I don't care. Stop. Watch Pushing
0: Daisies. You're, you're, uh, you've just killed so many people.
1: And they're welcome because they had to be pushing <laughs> daisies. So what was oh, the point of living? Oh wow,
0: <laughs> that, that was good. Okay, yeah. Okay, okay. All right. Um,
1: he he also gave us Hannibal, the series, and American Gods, which is still on stars, I believe. No. Oh. Yeah. Um. In addition to all of this, he has also worked as a writer and executive producer on the Star Trek television series Voyager and Deep Space Nine. Mm. I haven't seen either because like Star Trek is triggering for me, but I'm going to because he did it. It's been in my queue forever. If Brian Fuller's name is on it, I'm gonna do it. It's just a matter of. Isn't
0: when. it appropriate of us to watch Star Trek? Isn't that straight culture and like, is, wouldn't that be offensive? That's like...
1: just it. I'm hearing the newer Star Trek's are getting very queer. And so, oh, like, wow. it might finally be our time to jump in like a bad game of Double Dutch.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: Yes. <laughs> um. He is also the co creator of Star Trek Discovery, which I believe is the queer one I'm talking about, but I can't be for sure because I don't watch yet.
0: Oh my God. Can I tell you my favorite? Like lesser known Brian Fuller project that exists? Yes. Okay, so were you aware that he directed oh no, sorry, he wrote and produced the 2002 Carrie like TV adaptation?
1: The one where she was like in junior high? <laughs>
0: she wasn't, no, she was not in junior high. She was oh, like, you
1: mean Carrie Carrie, sorry I forgot what we were talking about. I thought you meant like Carrie Bradshaw from Sex and the City. Oh, and I was I like, lo-
0: ah. Also, that was also not in junior high. <laughs>
1: I was homeschooled in Missouri.
0: Oh, I love that Carrie Bradshaw, like two season origin story series. I forgot all about that. No, so Brian Fuller, (laughs) Brian Fuller wrote and produced a 2002 direct to TV sort of reboot of Stephen King's Carrie. Oh no! Yeah, I know, and it starred Angela Bettis as Carrie and um, Patricia Clarkson, my hero, as as Margaret White. And it wasn't great, but it was very bizarre. I think it was like intended to be a TV show, but then kind of got the axe, and then was just released as like a really long TV movie. Yeah, but it's it, random.
1: It is not my favorite Carrie situation, but it's not my <laughs> least favorite Carrie situation.
0: <laughs> Have you seen and, it?
1: Yeah, oh yeah. My God. I, I blocked it, and I didn't remember who did it. But now that it's all coming back to me now, um, oh. that you said this. I, again, he's giving me nothing but days of entertainment. So if he wants to try something and fail, that's his right.
0: I can't believe you've seen it. No one has seen it. It's one of, like, one of my favorite subgenres is, like, absolutely forgotten Stephen King adaptations. And this is, like, the king of that. that
1: look at you kinging it up. Um, It's just... I think people have seen it, but they don't want to talk about it. (laughs) It's like crime.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Catherine Isabel of um, Ginger Snaps fame is also in it, I think. (laughs) Why am I trying to make (laughs) Carrie 2002 happen? It's your Um, fetch.
1: Don't do it. (laughs) I'm trying.
0: Um, But back to
1: other things um, that Brian Fuller has given us or will give us, he's going to do this um, new Christine remake.
0: Oh, more Stephen King uh, from Fuller. Interesting, interesting. What's your relationship with Christine?
1: So I grew up reading Stephen King. Um, I thought I was going to be the next Stephen King, but novels are hard, and so I tapped out.
0: They're so um, hard.
1: <laughs> so hard, especially to write something as thick as a Bible. Oh just not for God. me. I can't no. commit to anything that long. Um, Christine... <laughs> Christina is not one of my favorite books, but it wasn't my least favorite book. However, the movie, which I I I really like John Carpenter's Halloween and some other stuff John Carpenter's given us, but I did not dig his Christine take. Mm-hmm. And so I'm hoping that the fuller aesthetic will embrace her and make her the badass that she could be.
0: Interesting. I feel like it gets a bad rap because it's like, ooh, it's a killer car. And it's like such a silly log line. But mm-hmm. maybe it has potential to be good. I have not it's one of the Stephen King books I have not read.
1: Um, Which is a lot because I've
0: read a lot of them. But I think one of the reasons I never read it is because I was like, a killer car. Okay. And I, <laughs> although some, I've read some of his short stories about killer cars and they're great, like Uncle Otto's Truck, get into it. But I'm-
1: I'm going to go I'm going go to bad for Uncle Stephen this one time um, and saying that the book was so much better than that movie hmm. because the movie cut out so much because you have to cut out a lot of Uncle Stephen's stuff and they cut out mm-hmm. the heart of the book. And so you don't see that this is becoming possessed and you don't have this timeline that makes everything make sense. And so people are just like doing weird shit and moving through it like a Lifetime movie. And I'm hoping that like with the fuller embrace, we'll get more of the actual heart of the book so we can actually be invested not just be like this car killed somebody why am i here
0: um <laughs> <laughs> that is exactly how I would describe christine
1: yeah i'm rooting um, for mm-hmm. i'm rooting for daddy brian fuller i am
0: i think that he could do it let's queer up christine um and also whenever i think of christine i think of that rebecca hall movie where she does bad things on tv do you know what i'm talking about oh no okay rebecca hall of the night house fame it's yes. in this movie called Christine, based on a real woman. I forget her last name, named Christine, who, spoiler alert, like was a TV on-air reporter who, like, um, dies by suicide live on television.
1: Oh, oh, that's new, right?
0: No, within the last five ten years.
1: That's new for me because I've
0: not.
1: Seen <laughs> yeah, <that>. yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I I have heard of story unless it's a newer one because i mean time is weird mm-hmm. but like i know that that happened to a reporter um in the last like during this decade like during this mm-hmm. pandemic like, reporter um oh
0: really yeah yuck interesting so I don't, though
1: yeah so i don't know if this is a different situation or i don't know i don't know probably lines,
0: but, i think so. yeah. I'm, i think likely it's weird that this has happened more than once yeah. um although it does make for an interesting narrative device listen Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So if we had to pick, you and I, right here, right now, our favorite, number one, can only bring one with us, to the other side, Brian Fuller Project. What is it?
1: Pushing Daisies, me and the pie maker and friends all day. You?
0: (sighs) Yeah, Pushing Daisies is definitely up there. I'm also a big fan of Dead Like Me. Yes. No, it has to go to Pushing Daisies. You're right. Pushing Daisies is just just so magical. Those mermaid ant ladies
1: Oh Come on! It was my favorite show, and when it was canceled, I gave up TV for a year. And I don't know what you know about me, but TV was my best friend at the time. I gave it up for a year because I was so mad.
0: Wow! See, we're taking it seriously, Brian. Bring Good it back. Stuff. Everything else is coming back, but Every not time pushing these.
1: Every time they tease me, because they're like, maybe on Broadway, maybe on a movie. And I'm like, I don't oh, care, just <gasps> give it to me Broadway. now, daddy, give it to me now. And he's like, stop calling me daddy or I'll block you. I'm like, okay, fine. Like, <laughs> he's like,
0: I'm gay. He's like, like I don't know you, weird more girl. Than anyone else. I think pushing Bases would be a great Broadway show.
1: Especially because Christian Chenoweth can do all the notes.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, and I forgot the about cast,
1: her. The cast stopped aging when the show was canceled in protest.
0: What's the, what's the lead guy's name? I always forget.
1: Do you mean Ned played by the oh, 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 so tall and oh, 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 so lovely.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what I'm talking about. I always, I mix them up with so many people, but
1: yeah. Lee Pace has always been a gorgeous man. There he Um, is.
0: Yes. Lee Pace. He
1: was too talented, too smart, and too beautiful to be a straight man. And I always knew this in my soul. Mm. Um, But when he came out with Missy Elliott Gifts on Twitter, um, (gasps) that's when I was like, I can still make it work if you can. (laughs) (laughs)
0: I can get creative I didn't know he was queer That's incredible
1: Oh, whoopsie. Um, Yeah, no. um, It was Twitter back when I was in Chicago. So like before the pandemic. So maybe people were still hustling and bustling. But he did it with Missy Elliott Gifts from Gossip. Because like some reporter was being an asshole as usual. And Mm -mm. just like harassing him. And so he finally went to Twitter. And was like, people keep asking me. And I've never really been ashamed of it. I just think it was anybody's fucking business. But if you really care that much, Missy Elliott Gifts. Um, And then he went into it. And I was like, oh my god. He's so salty and sassy. And I love him even more.
0: He had to. I mean, so clearly he's been queer this entire time
1: it makes sense because all of his movies are quality movies he doesn't do shit
0: no (laughs) i mean listen there's lots of crap gay content in this world and we have to be honest with ourselves about that listen all i I
1: know is lee pace only knows how to make hits i've yet to see him anything bad um which is why i was not surprised that him and brian fuller were like let's do pushing daisies to make the best show on earth
0: bring it back okay listen it got two seasons, right, or is it? It had
1: two. Se- so what happened was, it started and it was like winning people over, and then the writer strike of that era was like, ha ha, no more.
0: Right. It was a writer strike.
1: <laughs> and when it came back, like the second season was trying to like figure out how to like make up for what they didn't get to do last season and move forward, and then like ratings plummeted because people were like, "What is TV? We forgot." And so it was one of the casualties, unfortunately, of the writer's strike, like so many other shows. But this is what really mattered to me.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was incredible. And I think yeah. another project of his that may have been my favorite, if it had had more than one episode, was what we're talking about today, which is Mockingbird Lane.
1: I see so much Pushing Daisies in Mockingbird Lane that it, I it hurts it my soul.
0: Yes, the aesthetic, the the fuller aesthetic is is present. So... We've said it a couple of times, but Mockingbird Lane is a 2012 TV special, I guess, technically, that yeah. was a spooky but also comedic reimagining of the monsters. It was developed on NBC this time around by Brian Fuller. And before we get into the nitty gritty details of it, I think we should stop here and just mention there was a problematic figure involved as director. Yeah. So, Yeah. Brian Singer, who you may know from, I think, the X-Men films, Mm -hmm. Inapt People, I think, yep, um, was the director of this project. Uh, Do you want to sort of lead us into why this might be a controversial figure?
1: Um, so, Brian Singer uh, has been a predator, a known predator, for quite some time now. Um, underage, boys were stepping forward from apt people and projects afterwards to talk about things that he did to them and things that he did and made and recorded. Mm. And it's been like a gross ongoing thing. And he still kept making more X-Men movies. And we're like, but like all these kids are coming forward saying this happened. Should we not stop him from working?
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, and the right? answer was no, we're not going to stop.
1: Because people just don't care about other people. Um, no. I I wish I remember the story Elliot Page was telling about how Brian Singer sort of outed him before he was ready to come out. Because like we all love Elliot Page, and like it's been like a very it's been a very um, overarching coming out process. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, and like one of the first stops brian singer sort of ruined onset of x-men by saying something like bullshitty to him and i i wish i remembered it and i wish i remember where i read it from because i mean like it's part of the bigger monster mm-hmm. <laughs> um that a person who is doing things to children is also outing people like that's nobody's you you don't do that to somebody i feel
0: no no that's abuse for sure
1: yeah and I think it just what kind of a director he was, but he kept working because we don't stop monsters, unfortunately.
0: No, I have a feeling, but I can't confirm it. That since the Me Too movement, that Brian Singer has sort of retreated into the shadows, which is where he belongs.
1: I think one of his last movies was Bohemian Rhapsody, and oh then something afterwards, but I don't remember what it was if it happened. Or if okay, it got- well,
0: Bohemian Rhapsody was like five minutes ago, so
1: right? Like, again, like, he was nominated for things for that, and people were finally like, we can't give him an award, so we're gonna just remove the movie. Um, And people who saw the movie, I did not, because Brian Singer was attached, said the movie was kind of awful, and sort of did Freddie Mercury a lot of injustice.
0: I did not see it, and I'm disappointed to learn that that he was involved, and you know, there's a lot of crappy figures in Hollywood, and they're going to be attached to stuff that we're going to talk about, so I guess it's important to just spotlight what's going on and it's unfortunate that it has to happen with almost every episode i feel like these days but
1: i am the bringer of bad news (laughs) you
0: you are the harbinger
1: i am like i'm gonna like i'm gonna fight emily for the title um but (laughs) i i will say that i i as much as i don't want to support brian singer if there was a way to get this back to brian fuller aka daddy the good brian Mm -hmm. um without seeing or getting any of the coins i would i would be on board for that kickstarter i would be on board for that hashtag because this was a good time as we're going to talk about
0: yeah it definitely was and i'd like to see brian fuller you know maybe take on more directing duties because i think he is talented enough to do it
1: He can do anything. He can do no wrong. He is my daddy. Um, But I respect that he's like, I want to be a writer and a producer because I I am a writer and producer and I I have fun directing, but like it's not my like ministry. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I would, if I could pick and choose, I would pick those two hats probably as well.
0: Well, to dig ourselves back out of the well of terror and abuse, the pilot for Mockingbird Lane aired on October 26, 2012, and was sort of featured as what NBC noted as a Halloween special. It was a Halloween-themed sort of um, event that led into their supernatural drama, Grimm, and... Was op given the option to be renewed as a series, but spoiler alert, it was not. So again, thwarting
1: his genius before we even Constantly. get anywhere.
0: This and this time around, earlier than usual, didn't even get a season.
1: I don't know why network TV hates Brian Fuller. They're like your shows are too smart and too fun. Go home. And I'm I am suffering every time.
0: It, they're maybe a little too outside of the box aesthetically.
1: And that's why I need to escape them because, like, <laughs> I want to have good things
0: hmm You deserve them. And what's kind of surprising is that it did fairly well. Like, a lot of people watched it. It was seen by 5.5 million people. It did well with the, like, important 18 to 49 age group. And yet, still, it wasn't picked up. So let's, if you're into this, let's talk about some of the cast and their characters and sort of how they reworked them for a sort of more modern take. The yes,
1: I got thoughts.
0: <laughs> so we've got Jerry O'Connell here as Herman Munster. This is a much sort of sexier reimagining of Herman, and a, I would also say more of like a tragic reimagining. He is sort of stitched together, not green, and has a heart that needs replacing because he loves too much. Which is <laughs> a little, it's a little chintzy, but I like it. What are your?
1: Uh-huh. i love jerry o'connell even when he's not in a role that i think he might belong in um because like we've seen him do this before but like he, he used to be on sliders so it's not like and he also did scream too so it's not his first time in the genre
0: mm-hmm.
1: um it was weird to see him play a dad especially 10 years ago before he was dad age because i feel like now he's dad age
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> definitely now uh,
1: and it was also weird to see his Herman Monster because like he 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 was hot. And I'm not used to him being hot. Cause I mean, don't get me wrong, like Fred Gwynn was no monster, but like we were mostly there for his laugh and his dad vibes. He was and, very
0: dad chill, yeah. And Jerry O'Connell, I think it's too maybe a little too hot for this.
1: Right? He was giving like weird Christian counselor.
0: <laughs> yeah, which is as hot as you can get for some reason. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And like like really saccharine and like supposed to love his family too much. But then you're looking at him and like, this looks like an, like an underwear model.
1: Right. And I wonder if they'd gotten the season they deserved um had would we have done something different with jerry because i feel like a little bit of makeup and like a little bit of like changing things to make him a little bit more of a monster not too far because again it's a very lighthearted hearted show mm-hmm. but i think that something besides he loves too hard which is definitely a first episode to just get a special out
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh yeah yeah yeah. but it also does feel very brian fuller and does feel very pushing daisies but with, like without yeah. the like it, it's not quite earned yet you know exactly
1: yeah it, and I wonder if had we gotten more, would we have seen him and this new heart have complications?
0: Although he should be gay,' this, like I love I mean, too much when i'm and I'm super hot, like that's gay to me. But.
1: One of the things I like about this show is that like three of the cast members in this episode are people I know are queer. I think they were all out and about by this time or different stages of out and about. Oh, and that's I'm like, true. never on network TV do we ever see that?
0: That's true. There were a lot of queer people here. And the next person that we're going to talk about is, like, famously, one of the most famous lesbians in Hollywood. We've got Portia de Rossi as Lily Munster. She uh, is the better half. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so she's playing, like, a very elegant version of Lily Munster, a very, like, mysterious, mm-hmm. so kind of spooky, um, <laughs> kind of giving me, like, magician vibes because she, like, keeps appearing out of nowhere. Um <laughs> and like out of spider dust or something it's like how would you describe the way that she like uh, evaporates
1: it's definitely ghostly and it's definitely um 2012 cgi on (laughs) broadcast tv (laughs) i i'm not gonna lie when i saw her name on the screen i was like really and then i remember she was in arrested development so she can do comedy oh yeah we didn't get her to doing a lot of it in this one, but also it was a solo standalone episode. And so I think that they would have pushed her further and she would have gotten to show what she could do. I know. While also being a spider lady.
0: She is a spider lady. She's easy to sort of hate on, but um there's this other show that she was on that's so easy to hate, but then you watch it and it's incredible. It's called Better Off Ted. And she was good in that too. So <laughs> yeah. she's secretly kind of okay. She
1: too was in Scream Two, and she was oh one of the God. unsung heroes of that sorority. <laughs>
0: <laughs> i forgot that she's in the scream 2 with jerry o'connell do you think they became best friends do you think that's how they both came to this project
1: they had to he was like sydney killed me and she was like sydney forgot about me sydney
0: <laughs> <laughs> <I said, "There laughs> forgot about her forever she needs to be in scream six
1: i think so bring everybody back
0: <laughs> it's with with the lady that killed someone with her car in real life you know the one back
1: Gayhart. yeah that's
0: the yeah. one <laughs>
1: Dangerous. Um, but now I feel like Miss Rossi we don't put enough respect on her name because we always forget what she's capable of because people don't often ask her to do things. But when they do, it's magic.
0: I know. But she's also like, just seems, I don't know, this lesbian couple with her and Ellen DeGeneres, they just seem like they're probably evil, right? They like, just can't not be evil lesbians. But I mean...
1: I'm not going to lie. Ellen has not been great these last decades. Um, But I think that
0: that
1: Miss DeRossi is staying silent. And I don't know what that is like in their home. (laughs) But like, I don't see her hanging out with like Kevin Hart and any of the
0: Bushes. That's true. Yeah. I mean, but she must be because, you know, it's all in the family. But you know what? You're right. You're innocent until proven guilty. And she is innocent. And not bad in this.
1: Some people truly believe that you can be married to somebody and their politics don't affect you. I don't understand that, but if that's what she's believing, congratulations.
0: We cannot um, punish her for the sins of her wife. Why would we do that yeah. to her? Um, and I do kind of like her on this. There's a point where she like barges into the room when her yeah. son is in, um, I don't know, like scout camp or something, and <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, this is queer content. Like this, like I stand her for some reason in this.
1: Right, no, like she grew on me in this episode, and again, this is before they ever got to do anything else and give her more. Because again, when you give her the jokes, she finds them. But like this was, this was not this vehicle. This episode, it was about setting up the family as a whole and letting like the grandfather and the little boy have their moment and establishing their relationships. So it wasn't about letting her be funny and be like, look at me, bitches.
0: Mm-hmm. But we
1: would have gotten an episode had we given Brian Fuller more. Stop canceling Brian Fuller's stuff.
0: Stop doing it, people. Even the straights like him. Okay, people Listen, like Hannibal.
1: I am here from the straights, uh, people I am ashamed of, to tell you to stop canceling Brian Fuller. Oh my shit.
0: god, why are you coming out? Because how, how, it mean, means
1: that much to me. I am <laughs> willing. <really>, I am <really laughs> to own the thing. I was thing trying I was to protect you. <laughs> I I used to just hide in the shadows and hope nobody asked me. But like, this is too big. Like,
0: <laughs> wow, well, you're canceled. Um, So the next person that we have to talk about, although I'm not really interested in doing it, is Charity Wakefield, who I've never heard of, who plays Marilyn Munster, the like classic pretty blonde who is like, you know, the shunned one of the family and is ironically considered to be the ugly duckling, but is like clearly pretty. Who is she? Do you know who this woman is? I've never seen her before.
1: I know when I saw the Wikipedia page earlier, she did stuff. I just was not very familiar with it.
0: Okay, I'm not interested in her. Can we move on? Is that okay?
1: She did good. She's she did good. She, did she was very good.
0: blonde. Her eyes were big. It's fine.
1: She had a good energy with Eddie Izzard.
0: Yes, so her and Eddie Izzard together were a great team. And I hear, and we're going to get to it later, that had it continued, it was going to refocus on on them more so.
1: I would have loved that. I would have watched that spinoff had they spun out, which I mean, Eddie Izzard deserves her own show.
0: She's always
1: killed. She's always killed. Give her more to do.
0: They kill her and everything?
1: No, she's always killed in everything she's ever done.
0: Oh, that's not good. That's Sean Bean energy.
1: (laughs) I mean, as a comedian, she kills. She's a killer. Oh, okay. She's a scene stiller.
0: Oh. oh, I thought I thought she was. I thought she was getting Sean beamed and everything.
1: No, I, they better not. If you kill Eddie Izzard, I'm gonna appear like Candyman.
0: <laughs> That's a good way to finally meet you in real life. I'm gonna have to kill Eddie Izard. Um.
1: There goes the last of my frequent flyer miles.
0: <laughs> no. Um. So usually I hate kids and everything. Same. Not a big fan of kids. Hate kids. Uh, kids, no. But the kid in this was not bad. We've got Mason Cook as Eddie Munster, a s- seemingly normal preteen who is also a werewolf and has an interesting teaser sequence where he, like, turns into a, a werewolf and, like, kills all of his camp friends. Yes but then they're not actually dead which is a bit of a I thought they were really killing a bunch of kids in the opening and I was really excited about it but no they they, they it was a it was a Cop out. I'm not.
1: I'm not gonna lie. For a split second, I I panicked, and then I remember it's a Brian Fuller thing. So we're not gonna just get a bunch of black people up top, because like,
0: oh he went yeah, after the, the black people. It and was, I was like, that's nah. true. One I'm black kid has night. one line, and then immediately dies. That's true. And then
1: like the and then the counselor dude, who's also black, and I was oh, like, yeah. Nah.
0: And then the nah. fat character immediately as well.
1: And then the random Asian kid didn't even get a name. And I was like,
0: no, <laughs> no. And
1: I was about to write a note. And I was like, no, it's Brian Fuller. Give, oh, it, a no. second. Give uh, it a second.
0: Yeah. And okay. then they
1: were all alive. And I was like, okay. If the children in the movie, they deserve a good chase scene and they deserve to maybe be caught by Michael Myers or whoever.
0: You <laughs> did good. The whole episode is sort of about him. He's a little bit of a protagonist energy and like, are his parents trying to decide if they need to tell him if he's a spooky ooky ooks. Which like... Mm-hmm. Clearly, you are like your mom's a witch. No, this your dad's boy, dead. Like, listen,
1: he knew something was off, even if we don't want to talk about it. I true. i love this little boy because he reminded me of Ned from Pushing Daisies and that he had mm-hmm. this thing, even though he wasn't aware he had it. Um, and the <laughs> way he's discovering it, and I also think that had this continued. We would have seen at least ninety billion um, essays on the internet about how his werewolf transformation is him figuring out that he's a queer character.
0: Oh, it it was so obvious to me that that was sort of the metaphor here. That was like it's that hit me right away. So I'm glad that that you brought that up.
1: And the sad part is because of the time, those essays would have been written and published by straight people who would have fucked it up. So maybe oh, we dodged the bullets by just not making. Um, can you imagine? I can already see the bylines on that, and I just don't want it in myself.
0: <laughs> I can do. <too>. Okay, <laughs> moving on. We've got Eddie Izzard as yes. Grandpa Lily's father, also a vampire. A lot scarier this time around, Grandpa, than in the Munsters. Much darker, very funny, very. Um, I don't know, witty and out for blood. What do we think of Eddie Izzard as grandpa?
1: I have always loved Eddie Izzard. As a child, I'd watch her do stand-up and she would talk about how she's just like, I I forgot what she called herself at the time. And I don't think it's an appropriate word anymore. So it's good I don't remember. But (laughs) I remember just being infatuated with her because her humor is so it's always so dark and so funny and so truthful and i just aspire and to see her bring that to this character with the delivery like i felt like i was watching like a broadway lady who's retired come to tv to be like i'm done with hollywood hours let's go Big
0: time yeah it's big patty lapone energy here
1: yes like she would have fit in with the sisters from pushing daisies they would have had a nice little (laughs) tree house of bitter old ladies and i would have been here for it
0: was it patty lapone on Pushing Daisies? Who, who plays the she, sister? She did
1: an appearance, but like it was Swoozy Kurtz and Eileen uh-huh. Green.
0: Okay, interesting.
1: I don't know why that's like buried in the back of my brain. No, I you used know. to watch uh, Daisies all the time.
0: I appreciate an encyclopedia person. Um,
1: Listen. Was Eddie's like, always
0: out as queer
1: um she she used to say that she was a man who liked wearing women's clothes um i want to say she used to say she was a transvestite which i don't feel is a word that is aged well so if it i just hasn't, don't think it's
0: really that. a word anymore i think it's a dead it's a dead word
1: i think it needs to be because i never felt good about it in my soul but also <laughs> no. i was a bumpkin in missouri so people were saying the things <laughs> i don't know um the words change but, Listen, and so I'm happy that she she has come out and she's like, hey, these are my pronouns. And I'm sad the internet is shitty about it as usual.
0: Who is shitty about it? The internet. Oh. Well, yeah. I love it. I'm so happy to see her being her happiest self, looking beautiful. And even in this, there is a sense that, she, you know, I don't know. There's a real matriarch feminine energy in this grandpa yes. character. And it's not yes. just the manicure.
1: It's not. It's the capography. It's the way she gets yeah. at the husband. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's totally. It's, an, it, it's everything about her. She's just an inherently matriarchal character, and I, I aspire. I aspire to be this kind of a broad or a dame.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, what a broad! What Listen, a bloody broad!
1: I want that on my tombstone.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'll engrave it. Don't you worry. Yeah. This. This. Series never made it. It got canceled. It was only ending up as a one-episode pilot, a.k.a. Halloween special. And it's really traumatic. And do you want to know some insight into maybe why this never continued on into series?
1: Yes, I want names.
0: (laughs) I'm going to give you (laughs) names. NBC chief executive Robert Greenblatt said um, this about why they had to sort of pass on the series. And he says, we just decided that it didn't hold well enough together to yield a series. It looked beautiful and original and creative, but it was ultimately, it just didn't come together. It just ultimately didn't creatively all work. We felt great about the cast, but we tried to make it not just a sitcom. We tried to make it an hour, which ultimately has more dramatic weight than a half hour. It's hard to calibrate how much weirdness versus supernatural versus family story. And I just didn't think we got the mix right.
1: I'm going to fight Robert.
0: Robert's dead meat, honey. Um, Yeah, this is bullshit to me. This seems like a lie.
1: Because here's the thing. If if this was a special standalone episode, and so you told them to fill an hour, and they filled an hour because Daddy Brian Fuller don't know how to not fill an hour. But if you said, hey, yo, let's do a half hour sitcom situation, he would have given us the best sitcom of our lifetime. But instead NBC is like, we hate Joy. Snatch the rug.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I almost feel like there might have been something going on behind the scenes because like you have a fully rounded entire show in 40 minutes here. Which like yeah. even for like some other good pilots, they don't really manage to pull together. And this did it. So either he's terrible at his job or he's not saying the whole story.
1: He's not saying the whole story. And also, while I'm going to fight him, I need to also, I need to see the receipts to make sure that, like, Brian Singer wasn't out and about doing stuff. That was also a liability. And he was like, we can't, we can't be responsible for what's about to happen here.
0: Yeah, I'm disappointed. Um, there's also an article from Deadline from 2012 that mentioned that even though it did so-so with ratings, as we mentioned earlier, with 5.5 million views, Um, they just didn't make it to series, but if they had, as I mentioned, they were going to sort of pivot to Marilyn and grandpa. And that was going to be the focus because I do think it was the most successful part of the show. Um, with them sort of like being kind of spies together in the woods.
1: Yeah. Him giving people blood. I mean, yeah. Grandpa giving people blood cookies. The
0: blood cookie was funny. Oh yeah. And I forget her name, but there was that actress that was on Mad TV and the Mindy Project
1: She's played, the character she's played in Mockingbird Lane, she's played in Pushing Daisies, and I think Wonder Falls.
0: Like the exact same character? Yeah. Oh, that's very interesting.
1: Yeah, like the fuller verse is wild. Um.
0: <laughs> oh, that's really interesting and really funny. Yeah, she's hilarious. I wish I had her name, but I don't. I'm sorry, everybody. I um, should know.
1: She's been around forever. I'm an asshole. I
0: think her husband was the voice of the Crypt Keeper.
1: Oh, that I love that even more! Oh my god, like I
0: on Casier or something like that. Yeah.
1: Fuller thinks of everything. Give him more shows. I stop canceling them.
0: Glass half full. Er, no, that's not good. Um. <laughs> 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 um. And so when it was officially canceled, we had a very tragic, very upsetting tweet from our hero, Daddy Fuller, and he said, "I tweet with a heavy heart." NBC not moving forward with hashtag Mockingbird Lane from producers and cast. Thank you all for your enthusiasm and support.
1: I'm wow. heartbroken. Uh, I know wow. I just discovered this, but I'm heartbroken. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. It is pretty good.
1: Yeah, was I never it saw it because I was a full baby in rehearsal in my undergrad and didn't know that Brian Fuller was giving me more things to love because I was miserable.
0: <laughs> Did you? Were you aware of it?
1: Not until we were talking about it. And I was like, that sounds familiar. And I was like, oh, because it's a thing I discovered recently, but I never cracked it down. Mm. So, like, it's hard to find over here. Like, you had to send me the links from, like...
0: The deep <laughs> the web. Deep we had to go web. really like, deep. Right? Yeah. I had to, to
1: go throw my computer off my balcony after we're done with <laughs> Yeah, yeah
0: that was <laughs> some dark web stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I definitely was aware of it, but I never had seen it. For some reason, I wasn't, like, interested. I don't know. It didn't really grab me. But I was incorrect. I really liked it. And I'm really sad that it didn't make it further.
1: If I see Brian Fuller's name on something, I'm going to watch it again. I'm going to even do Star Trek for this man because he is my daddy. He has influenced me more than even I'm aware. Um, Like my aesthetic as a writer is very much somebody who watched a bunch of Fuller stuff and is going to keep trying to somebody who lets her do it for free.
0: I Um, love (laughs) that. Except for... Mm, star Shark I don't
1: know. I'm the poor man's Fuller.
0: Business <laughs> <I like that. laughs> nah. cards. Boom. <laughs> fuller, what's the opposite of Fuller? Empty. Lesser. You're the oh, empty yeah. woman. Um no. <laughs> no. So, that movie was bad. That's not really empty man it. in here. But I read a really, really interesting article about how it was a trans allegory, and I just choose to believe that it's true.
1: If it is, that's one point for the movie. Um, <laughs> I didn't understand. I did. We have a whole episode on it on Fear Street. Brother Ghoulish was there, and we all couldn't find anything nice to say.
0: <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, I read some article on them, and I just wanted to believe it. So, Sheree, do you think? And the answer is no. We will ever <laughs> see, that we're ever going to see Mockingbird Lane from Brian Fuller.
1: I am heartbroken because I think that if not for the Rob Zombie movie and the Brian Singer of it all, we would, because literally everything he's ever given us is a bop, and we all wanted all to come back, and so mm-hmm. this would have this would have ended up in that same wheel, and we would have been arguing about how can we get it back. But I think that because of the Rob Zombie situation, it's it's gone now, and that makes me so bitter
0: yeah we would have had two seasons it would have been canceled and we would yeah you're absolutely right still be like petitioning to get it back on the air
1: listen i i am pushing a uh, pushing daisy's drive tonight on change.org
0: <laughs> I i'll support doing- it <laughs> i'm gonna support it um wonder falls would have been cool to get back to speaking listen. of canada
1: I feel like Wonder Falls is probably my second favorite in the Fullerverse, which is wild because I think most people think I'm going to go for Hannibal. And I love the first two seasons of Hannibal. I'm finishing season three. I swear I will. Um, But like, I, I don't know. I, I, I respect that he can do so many different things and he can give us some darker shit. And he can also go like very light and almost like if Disney were cool, Mm -hmm. but I, I aspire to that particular kind of magical realism uh, that's a little bit twisted and dark, but not too twisted and dark in my own writing, mm-hmm. even though I'm a dark, twisty bitch every other day. <laughs> and so I'm just here for, like, the Pushing Daisies and the Wonderfalls.
0: Well, you can always use it for your own inspo as, you know, you grow as a creative. Um, awesome. What does that mean? Sheree, where can you be found on the internet if you so wish to be found?
1: Yes, you can find me at Miss Charay. There's three S's in there, y'all. Sorry about it. Um, on Twitter and on Instagram. You can also find me, Haunting Josh, at Dread Central, if you are into reading. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> if you're not into reading, I have three podcasts. Um, a Nightmare on Fear Street is at a ni- it's at Nightmare Fierce on Twitter and A Nightmare on Fear Street on Instagram. And Blurdy Massacre is at Blurdy Massacre on Insta and Twitter. And the altar tapes, you have to find through Anatomy of a Scream Pod Squad. It's a little bit trickier, but worth it.
0: Mm-hmm. And if you're listening with us, you probably are familiar with Anatomy of a Scream Pod Squad because it's our origins. Right? Um, yeah, we're like cousins. We truly are um, blood cousins. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you for talking with me today, Sheree. Yeah, always. Thank you for having me on Talk About Daddy. Um. Any <laughs> anytime. Thank you so much for listening to Development Hell. If you enjoy this podcast, then please do us a major favor of leaving us five stars and writing a positive review. It really makes all the difference in the world. We'll see you next week with a brand new episode. Of development hell. Thank you for listening to the Dread Podcast
1: Network.